A random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter, what are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And before we get into the usual rigmarole of today's episode and talking about the subject matter at hand... With no special guest. We want to tell you all at home how you can get a hold of us on them, our social medias. It's mostly him, but you... The band His Infernal Majesty? Oh, man, those are the old, good old high school days. I used to have a, a leather wristband watch. I know nothing. It's the Penta Heart. They're a pretty good band. I had a... A fle- not a flex. Oh, shoot. Swatch. For some period of time. I love you, Eddie. Swatch, anyway, watch. Before we get into the usual rigmarole, first up, go on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at... The Marvelists. You can find us on there. Give us a like-ski, a follow-ski, a jet-ski, a whatever-ski. Uh, Swarski. I don't know. Anyway. S- Crystal. Swarovski. Swarovski. Is that is that the watch? Is it a, like a brand of jewelry? Jewelry. Yeah. Give it to our significant others. Figure it out. Anyway. Go also on individual social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Peter Melnick. I'm on TikTok at Peter Melnick, but better. Don't really use it much anymore because that site kind of sucks, but I digress. You can also find Eddie Wilson on social media. That'd be on Instagram at Eddie9193. If you choose Facebook, just the guy with the sunglasses, and you're there. Also, you can find us on a wide variety of streaming platforms, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, which is what Eddie Wilson does every single day. Oh, five, yes. Well, eh, still on the weekends, you know, you want to still have that love. Every single weekday. It's a little bit of love on the weekends, a little bit on Saturday. I know you're a radio man still on the weekends. You listen to the radio. You're like Donna Summer. Whoa, oh, oh. Good song, by the way. I love that. Yes, it is. That is a phenomenal song. Anyway, you can also find us on iTunes. Rate, review, subscribe, share, five star if you're ever so inclined. Broken ice cream machines, McDonald's, etc., etc., etc. Also... You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash The Marvelous. Where for as low as $3 a month to as much as... You can find us on there and support the show. Some undetermined amount. And we really need to work on the speech yeah. impediment. Maybe I it know. is. It's going to be developing if we don't take care of this. It's a rare disorder. Sounds like Arthur Fonzarelli saying he was wrong. Yeah. Also, like I said, for $3 a month, you get early access to episodes of this here fine program, as well as for the $5 and up tier, you get bonus shows where Eddie Wilson and myself talk about all 102 episodes uh, or issues of even the Fantastic Four by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, including crossovers, tie-ins, etc. Eddie. What if? What if we did talk about that? We talk about what ifs. We talk about everything under the sun. We're actually, I don't know when we're going to do it, but we're going to do the uh, what if where what if Stan and Jack and the whole Marvel bullpen became the Fantastic Four. Oh! Is it issue number 11, I think? Sure. Or six. Sure. But, yeah. but you can also get early act, or you get access to another show that Eddie does it's, called. You haven't read that? And in the month of December, we're going to be doing a Rob Liefeld recommendation. If you had listened to our previous interview with the Rob father, Rob recommended for us to do Micronauts, all 12 issues by the great Michael Golden. However, Eddie's read those. Eddie was collecting them at the time. Right, Eddie? Yeah. I like the way you said that. It was like musical. Yeah. Musical? A little bit. It was like, you know, like a 1970s like rock song, kind of like Foreigner, which is a foreshadowing for later in the episode. And the end of the movie. Exactly. But we're getting to the end of this introduction. But before, but anyway, you know, for October we did on, uh, you haven't read that, Eddie's thoughts on Marvel Zombies and the first issue, first six issues of? The Walking Dead. And Eddie just got, you know, bombarded with a bunch of Walking Dead paperbacks that I didn't want anymore. So I did. He did, because I got the compendiums. Why do I need those? That's true. A heavier volume to carry around. I am keeping volume one, though, because it's a reference to look through the great oh. Tony Moore's art. But okay. I digress. That's fine. Now, why is it, did we even discuss, why is it the first 12 issues? Well, no, the first. Of Micronauts. Uh, it's all Michael Golden. Because once uh, 13 goes, it becomes, uh, I want to say, Howard Chaikin. 
but Michael Golden, his stuff is it's Kino, sir. It's Kino. Power to take in future interview. He was one up, day up for that. He's, I would love that. Yep, he told me face to face more than once actually, I believe. But like I said, we cover uh, Micronauts on there because I haven't read that, and I'm a big Michael Golden fan. I'm a Golden guy, not a Golden girl, a Golden guy, Golden oh, God, boy. Dennis Reynolds. But how dare you, sir? Oh, Golden boy, is it Eddie Murphy movie, wasn't it? Sure. Golden Child. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Something like that. I'm a, oh, man, child. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Anyway. 32 and growing. Mm-hmm. A million strong and growing. Closing on 33. Anyway, also go to belowthecollar.com slash Marvelists, where you'll get a shirt that is almost as long as this meandering intro, where it talks about being dad joke immune, because it is called the... Dad joke immune t-shirt. There we go, Eddie. Kaboom. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> anyway. An old video game. Good game, too. You have, Kaboom. You have to have a little uh, paddle thing. When I got my uh, yeah. Atari 2600, I used one. They gave me the paddles, too. I'm like, awesome. I don't have to buy anything else. Until Kaboom still holds up, by the way. That is still a fun game to play. Just I, the heads I, up. I believe so, yes. It really is. It's like, I've always enjoyed Kaboom, as well as Arkanoid. And I think that was a cereal also. Yeah, it was. Good yeah. cereal. Gets the day started. That sugar rush. So speaking of Eternal, yeah, much like that long meandering intro, we saw the Eternals, and it was a movie. Two and a oh, half. Okay, thereabouts two thirty-five. Let's just—I'm just going to get all of my uh, pre-written material out of the way. The Eternals is a movie that really should have just been an email. An email. Yeah, you know when you're at your job and you know you have to have those long conferences, and it could have just been an email. <laughs> Eternals is that, and. <laughs> Another thing is also, when I went to go see this movie, I acknowledged it in the uh, Reddit discussion post. My favorite part of this movie was when I went, the movie ended, and a parent said to their kid, well, first of all, you can kiss my whole effing ass. So that was the highlight of the movie for me. Although, in all seriousness, it's it's an okay movie. It is a movie where... I was having a conversation with previous guest of this show, C.J. Mira, about it. This is a movie that could have been done better as a Disney Plus series because for two hours and 35 minutes, you're getting everything jammed in. The backstory, the lore of everything about the Eternals and the Deviants and this and that and the Cats in the Cradle and the Silver Spoon, the Little Boy Blue and the Man in the Moon. That's right. When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when, but we'll get together then, son. I think you flipped Dad and Son in the opposite places. But anyway... Listen, I'm just saying like it is. Hello, honey, it's me. <laughs> I'm doing W-O-L-D now. That's my, oh. That's my personal favorite hip, Harry Chapin song, okay. by the way. But anyway, it could have been done so much better. I am in agreement that it should have been a Disney Plus series because you are giving all of this backstory to these characters. And by the way, every single time I've been wanting to talk about this movie with other people throughout the week, I've been calling it The Inhumans. Really? Yeah. Oh, boy. Because both are of the same quality, in my opinion, although Inhumans is a terrible show. But... You know, I, I, and I went up to try and get some meaning, went up to look at the old Wikipedia and get some Eternals info, and it reads like a soap opera Yeah. to try and follow along. But there's a connection... From Eternals to the other beings, whether it's Celestials. Beings? Beings, not the human beings and uh, their song in the 60s. Yeah. Nobody but me. And there's a connection to Inhumans, them being an offshoot, I believe, of Eternals. We won't get into the whole minutia of that. But you you substituted, flipped the names, huh? Yeah, it, it just it felt like I was going to you know see the Inhumans. I don't know why. I don't know why. It just kept coming. But... It's also because, you know, it's a Jack Kirby creation. So that's why, but it's also like, no, most fans don't give a shit about either team, to be completely honest. And I will say with this movie, the biggest thing for me was I was worried that these characters would be so indistinguishable from each other. They were just going to be, you know, different flavors. Yeah, with, with their you know their different colored costumes, and the costumes are so bland. <laughs> I've never seen a more bland costume in my life than these, and that's saying something, because I've watched a lot of DC stuff. Oh, okay. Well, part of the costumes were there was a similarity of drawing, meaning the, the lines of them, whether it be circles and so on, and I think that connected to 
the tendrils that they could generate, the, the lit tendrils perhaps. Sure. And connecting at whatever points to become part of a unimind, which I guess was just a six brainstorm. What thing they said brainstorm, I thought that was cute, you know. Right, exactly. Now maybe going back to why this should have been just a Disney Plus series, I mean Are you in agreement about I'm, that, by I'm, the way? I'm not sure. I hadn't thought of it that way, but I said, well, you know, Producers, etc., wanted to get this out there and see if we, the audience, comic or not, would be made to care about these characters like we do for Guardians. Maybe there was a budgetary thing where, okay, we have this much to spend. We have, you know, an excess, so let's make it a feature film. Maybe part of that budget was because of the actors that were obtained that they wouldn't do it for anything under a certain dollar amount, so it had to be that way. And they really wanted to, maybe you know, what's going to follow a toy line or other paraphernalia? Well, they've Eternals. already had the toys, and so they're okay, all, they're all going to be peg warmers. To be completely honest, they're just <laughs> going to be sitting there in the toy store, not being sold. Whereas, and this is this is the thing about this movie that kind of kills me. You have Shang Chi, and you have this. As I hit the microphone, you have Shang Chi, and you have this. The problem is. They're both completely brand new properties for the movie, 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 the movie going public. Yep. And audience, they're we're getting the dud characters before we get characters like the X Men, before we get characters like the Fantastic Four. Which, by the way, saying the Fantastic Four are no longer a dud team, <clears throat> I love that so much <laughs> because they were for so many years. And now they're back to prominence. Well, we never considered but, them that personally, but that's no, us. No, I, I can't. But my end. But I used to. I used to not like the Fantastic Four or the X Men, to be completely honest. Which is a funny thing. But I don't know. I'm looking through my collection today, as I was getting ready to give you some of those Walking Dead's, I found a bunch of my Mark Silvestri uh, X Men. I'm like, yo, this slaps. I love these. <laughs> but I digress. Uh, but we're getting these dud characters for the audiences, and they're trying to, you know. Marvel and Disney Studios are very good at making you care about these characters. And this is one thing I will say about this movie. They found a way to make you care about some of these characters. I loved Kingu in this film. Kingu was one of the highlights because you got a comedic actor in the role doing a phenomenal job. You know? I'm missing that name. Why not? You know, there's a lot of King, uh, strange, the, the movie uh, actor. unique... Oh, no. Okay, okay. And he did a phenomenal job in this mm -hmm. because I had made the comment on Reddit again where I was thinking, oh, this is going to be these characters that are just, you know, you can't, you, you they're just costumes on screen. So here comes blue over here. Here comes green over here. You don't really have a name for them because they're just whatever. But they made each character their own unique personality, and mm -hmm. I loved that. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, with... These characters, you have Gilgamesh, you have Kingu, you have Thena, you have Ajax, which is not, you know, the thing that you clean stuff no, with. No, Ajax. Well, whatever. But you Come also on. have Icarus, who... <sighs> I know, is he good? Is he not good? Is I, he, depending on what day of the week it is? I'm a big fan of Elton John's former lover, but, because I was the actor in Rocketman. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but, see, I went to the, the, the song by uh, Iron Maiden, Flight of Icarus. I enjoy the character, but I am in agreement with a lot of people with this statement. I am tired of the evil Superman trope. We have it going <laughs> on in the Eternal. Wait, no, sorry. We have it going on in the Eternals. We have it going on in the Boys. We have it going on in the DC movies, which I'm sorry. When you have an actor like Henry Cavill who does a phenomenal job in the role of Superman, and you're relegating him to, but what if Superman was evil? Then you have movies like Brightburn, which is the same exact thing. What if Superman was evil? He would be all-consuming power and be a terror to the world. No one cares about this anymore. It's tiring. Do something new. You have this character that you could have done so much great stuff with, but instead, what if Superman was evil? Maybe he's just conflicted, because even in part of the comic book history I was reading, there's... Uh, you know, th there's internal conflict, actually, yeah. with these Eternals. And, and either it's a power thing, who wants to be number one kind of th uh, stuff, or, or not, other other reasons. No. Unfortunately, part of me watching this movie was, I hope this is not making a statement outside of the realm of comics and these characters. And again, maybe this is part of the producers, etc., 
wanting to expand the Marvel Universe and make connections, because I said, all right, I'm not sure how they're going to connect this into the Marvel Universe, but now we have this offshoot, if you will. They're literally... And how they're, you know, somewhat related. Well, they were literally doing the similarities, the parallels between mythology, because Icarus literally flies into the sun on wings of wax. Get it? Ha, ha, ha. He's a waxy boy. You know, I'm just like, really? You're doing that? Like, it was so damn on the nose, and I'm just like... We get it. Icarus flew too close to the sun on wings of wax. So we're going to throw him into the sun. You know, But he like, had no cape, as he told the little boy. And the moments of humor were just... You know, I did they enjoy were, the humor. They the were hum- spring- Yeah, they were sprinkled in here and there. But then you had, by contrast, sort of oh-so-deadly-serious stuff that was going on. Which it was a good balance. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that about it. I thought the balance of humor and the balance of seriousness was perfect because a lot of people, a lot of distinguished competition fans will always whine, moan, bitch, and kvetch. All it is is just quips, quips, quips. Because that's humor. That's real yeah. life. People make jokes in serious moments. Yep. I've made a dick and fart joke at a funeral. You know, it's like, come on. Yeah. That's the real, and obviously, you know, they looked at me funny. I mean, it was a eulogy. But, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I didn't know that was going to happen no, I today. I but... did not actually do it, but I just love Eddie's reaction. Out of that yeah, one. just just head... that slight, just, wow. Yeah, just a head shake and all, but. It was for a nun, too. A nun, too. Mm-hmm. But anyway, no, so, but. None too soon. Mm-hmm. My man. This guy. Anyway, mm-hmm. but the, the whole thing is, you know, the concept of the quippiness of these movies. I enjoy the quippiness, but don't do it too much. Like, when we saw Black Widow, which. As the months have gone on, it, it was an okay movie, at the very least. It was okay. It wasn't the greatest thing. Although there are critics that were just like, I thought it was the greatest movie of all time for the Marvel Universe. I'm like, did we see the same movie? <laughs> I recently did an episode of the KinoCast on uh, YouTube, and like I'm talking about Venom. And like I recounted, by the way, one of the topics of um, when I went to go see the first Venom. It got a standing ovation that, that weekend. Oh my! When we do, because in uh, December we're going to be doing Spidey Month in honor of uh, Spider-Man: uh, Far From Home, No Way Home, Home on the Range, oh. where the bears and the antelope play. I don't give a shit about the deer, but um, anyway, mm-hmm. but we're going to be talking that, and it's just you know, with those movies, they they're trying to be their own thing, you know. And this movie, you can tell one hundred percent. This is trying to be Marvel's attempt at an Oscar bait movie because this is coming out at the same time as a lot of stuff that they want to get the attention of the Academy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you remember, they were vehemently opposed to bringing this to the streaming platforms as well as rescheduling it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And boy, that sure worked out in their favor because this movie... As much as it is flawed, there are elements of good, but in my opinion, the the my major criticisms far outweigh. And you know, obviously, I'm very critical of this stuff because I'm a fan. You got to be, you know. Yeah, I understand that. I and I don't know if you could have in a previous movie done what's been done in terms of um, tech, let's say. Yeah. So because I saw elements of Iron Man in there, you know, equipment-wise. And I saw Doctor Strange in there elementally and And, Shang-Chi as well. And it's smart of how that's done because what they're doing is they're trying to placate to the people that are fans of those individual characters and being like, oh, you like this of that character? Well, we have it in our character as well, so you might be interested in ours. So it's that kind of thing. And it's smart. It's smart writing. Yes, it is. Now, I didn't get to look, and at some point will, of course, look at the actual source material, um, Eternals-wise, but with Deviants, I don't recall them being what they were in the movie. Yeah, they, I think there's a drastic difference between in their appearance and license. everything. Okay, that's so, all it is, and yeah. it's also to sell toys. Let's mm-hmm. be completely honest. Mm-hmm. But I would say one of the things about this movie that I, you know, again, I had talked about on you know on the internet, the pacing of the movie for the first half of the movie is pretty damn good. First hour-ish breezes like that Mm -hmm. because you're getting these introductions of these characters who, by the way, you're getting the whole cast of the Eternals and you're also getting the Black Knight. 
Uh, you know that's yeah. the Black Knight, right? I, I thought of that after the fact, and I said, "All right, where'd this sword come from? Which should I know what this sword is?" And then, what's the who's the voice that's saying uh, a lot? So people that don't know how to tell sound difference is they're thinking that voice was Samuel L. Jackson. It's I, not. It, it crossed my mind, but I wasn't 100% sold on that. I said, well, who else could it I, possibly be? And I think he called him Mr. Williams? Well, I originally thought it was going to be um, Jeffrey Wright, the one who is the voice of Uatu, but that makes what no sense. Yeah, well, and by the way, I went to go see uh, The French Dispatch, and Jeffrey Wright's in it, and I'm just thinking the <laughs> entire time, oh, Uatu. <laughs> He's getting interviewed on a TV show. Oh, that's nice. But anyway, uh, in regards to that character, who that voice is, yeah, it's Blade. It's a lot of people are saying it's Mahershala Ali. Oh, and I'm very mm-hmm. interested now about that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because is that Blade? Is that you know sword involved with the occult? Is it this? Is it that? But damn, just throwing him in there that you would not expect him to be in this movie, and he's there. Well, right before we got to that, that was the mid. I'm sorry, that was, that was the end credit scene. Post credits. That was the post credit scene. Okay, we'll get to the uh, the mid credit as well, but. You just come into this scene where, and I forgot the character's name, first name. Dane. Dane, okay, the the uh, boyfriend interest You could just of, go with John Cersei Snow. Okay. Which, by the way, speaking of Cersei, that's really funny, the line of, I love you, Cersei. If you're a Game of Thrones fan, believe me, that's a hilarious line to hear. Oh, okay. I'm out I'm out on that. So, I'm, I barely know of it. But to see but to see him in, in an ending scene before we got to the post-credit scene, said, all right, something more with this Dane character is is on the way because you yeah. wouldn't have lingered the, the one, oh, I love 1.8 seconds on him if you know what was what was going on there after Cersei went up to the heavens or, or whatever or had to leave planet earth kind of thing I have to go now my planet needs me yeah but we have this again post credit scene it's the long box with the pictures hieroglyphics whatever you want to call them on there and I don't think we've seen this long box before we haven't seen this sword before. Eddie, or... you've seen plenty of long boxes in your life. Shh. <laughs> you haven't been there recently. But that's another story. I'm leaving I'm leaving it right there. Of a man named Eddie. And it wrapped with a little bit of either caked, dried, coagulated blood. It's it's you know, it's a, it's the brownish or reddish color and so on. And then it looked like some part of the blade was like I don't know, I think of um magnetic pieces to to pick up uh, one of the well, you on. know, dollar store games. The other line. Oh, I should get that. One more ring, it's going to go to service. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's those magnetic particles, I guess you want to call it, that you would, you know, as a kid, play with, get a dollar store thing. Not an Etch-A-Sketch, but something similar. Oh, the uh, the, the magnetic fi- shavings. The, the uh, shavings, the filings, the, whatever. The, the, what's his name? You give him the hairstyle and everything. I used to love those as a kid. Okay. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I didn't know where that was coming from. This is something new to add on to the next thing. And then, of course, so the are they going to just pick like hairstyles for the characters now? That sure, way, sure. We'll magnetic shavings. We'll go with this. Absolutely, it'll come out. It'll be like a porcupine look, and it'll be, you know, a weapon, sort of another power. I don't know, but to God see it, what eh? we hadn't in a while is that you know, Eternals will return at the end of the movie. Okay, we're going to see him again. So there's a little bit of a setup. I would laugh if they get retconned out of all of this because of the uh, performance of the movie. <laughs> to uh, be completely honest, well, well, this is the first movie, by the way. In the uh, MCU, that is certified rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. And it certainly shows. And by the way, I love every single person on the internet going on saying, looks like Disney paid them. Every single time a Dis- uh, Marvel movie gets good reviews and DC gets terrible reviews. First off, Rotten Tomatoes is owned by Warner Brothers, partially owned by Warner Brothers. So wait a minute. They're specifically giving their own movies bad reviews. Well, Let's move those goalposts some more because evidently this movie sucked and, you know... But in a certain degree or percentage, couldn't something like that and seeing that, oh, it got a rotten review, I think I have to check it out, have an adverse reaction? You'd be surprised. Sometimes it can, sometimes it can't. So, but in all, I, honesty, I in all honesty, this movie is going to do well because of the Marvel Universe effect. People love these movies. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, I do feel that there's also going to be the contrarians who literally are like, oh, it's getting bad reviews, so that must mean it's a great movie because the critics know nothing. So wait a minute. When you like a movie that the critics gave a good review to, that means you should actually hate that movie because they, <laughs> they said it was good, but you you guys know so much more. Yeah. Hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Anyway, um, I, ju- I just think the whole concept of liking a movie to spite critics is really stupid and juvenile. Mm-hmm. 
and it doesn't mean like you can like a movie to quote again to quote the boys from we hate movies it's okay to like a movie you can like a movie if it's bad fine it connects with you that's fine there are plenty of movies out there i like that are dog shit for example punisher 1989 that movie's terrible Mm -hmm. i love it Mm -hmm. it connects with me i have a good time watching that movie it's cheese and it's fine there are people out there who like Ghostbusters 2 more than Ghostbusters 1. Are you going to burn them at the stake? No. No. I mean, you can maybe mildly just look at them like, really? You thought this scene with the Nintendo Advantage, you know, they're using it to control the Statue of Liberty? That was a good decision. <laughs> I would slightly judge them, but it's fine. Uh-huh. But again, I'll just give you the stink eye mildly. But anyway, this movie... There's a lot of world building for this movie, and I just feel condensing it in a smaller format through a TV series would have been much more beneficial. Although, again, I thought they did a phenomenal job of connecting each character for you. However, once you get introduced to all of the characters, that's where the movie starts getting muddy, in my opinion. Because at, mm-hmm. once you see Icarus turn heel and become a bad guy, I'm watching this movie, I'm like, Wait, what the hell just happened? And I'm in a confusion for the rest of the movie. I'm like, why is he a bad guy now? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. Oh, he threw her off the thing to go see the uh, the danger wolves. Like, okay, cool, you know? Like, uh, I, ca- I kind of had a feeling that Icarus was going to do that. If I'm being honest, I went before I went to go see the movie, I took a nap because I didn't want to fall asleep in the theater because it's very cozy, those seats, and the lighting. Yeah. And so I was, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to take a nap a couple hours. Before. I was hoping that I wouldn't find myself nodding off. I thankfully did not. Yeah. That was a very a very good thing. Well, partially because the seat was, was reclining on, my, on its own, it seemed, that I was bumping up against it too many times, so I had to keep... I fell asleep during the French Dispatch. Well, okay. But it, it was it was it was time. Um, not too heavy this movie was, but the song choices were, song choices were, were interesting. Were were interesting. What I was mean, the first one that we hear? It was Pink Floyd. Pink wasn't Floyd. It? Yeah, I was shocked to hear Pink Floyd in this movie. And I was like, whoa, okay, taking away the moments that make up a dull day. Yeah, it was a time type of a thing. And a lot that's on that subject. A lot of time jumping to different times I just know, felt because these eternals are you know five thousand seven thousand years old and so on it just felt sloppy i don't know why uh, they, maybe they were just trying to show how they were in certain t- you know they I just that. they were every when or and or where but like there were times like in moments like oh they're gonna do a time jump here and they didn't and then they just kept prolonging and going i'm like yeah not the same time jump as uh you know the loki disney plus series would uh-huh. be. but the use of skeeter davis was good um, but I, got, I, think I get Fallout with, flashbacks, to but, be honest. Well, that I thought was used in a... In a it was, was used it? in the first trailer. It was They used an no, orchestral version. I meant uh, the Skeeter Davis End of the World song I thought was used in another... In a, DC, in a Suicide Squad movie, perhaps. No. A, dif- a different DC something. I but thought. it was utilized in the game Fallout, which is you okay. know where a lot of people know that song from, to be yeah. completely honest. Okay. And like hearing that, I'm just like... It gave me it gave me a dumb smile. Like I'm playing yeah. Fallout Four, and I don't know about the relevance of using. Well, I saw it in the credits, so I could say, "Oh, I did hear a song I wasn't quite familiar with," and that was a song by Lizzo called "Juice." Eddie Wilson, Lizzo aficionado. Wanna be? Maybe I don't know. Uh, and then Foreigner, of course. So let's talk about that because every single time I've been in New York City the past couple of weeks, Harry Styles has been performing at Madison Square Garden as I go back to Penn Station to go take my choo-choo train home. Harry! And the very first night that he was performing, I'm walking back to the train, and I go on uh, the Internet. This was, I think, a, a couple days removed from the premiere of Eternals. Maybe even that day. I don't know. But the... News media is really terrible. Entertainment news media is really terrible in regards to spoilers because this spoiler, this end credit scene got spoiled mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. And I know people that had to play very carefully, tread very lightly on the internet to avoid that spoiler because they put it in the damn headline. As in Harry Styles is in the Marvel Universe as Eros Star Fox. That's disrespectful to the film um, goers, mm-hmm. in my opinion, because you don't need that spoiled so blatantly. You could go pop singer deb- to debut in Marvel Universe in end credits yes. of Eternals. Boom. You got it. You might have a mild spoiler like, oh, someone's debuting in the end credits? 
But at least you're not getting the character and the actor revealed. Because mm-hmm. to be completely honest, I get why they do that too. Mm-hmm. Because Harry Styles has a big fan base. And that album is really, really damn good. So to be able to see him bring his fan base into the Marvel Universe, that's great. I know people out there who are diehard Harry Styles fans and diehard Marvel fans. And they're just like, oh shit, now I don't know who to pick. <laughs> I have a friend who's like a diehard fan of Bucky. And then I said, so what are you going to do now that uh, your boy's in there too? Who are you going to pick? And she goes, please don't make me do that. Mm-hmm. Because now there's two. Now both of her loves are in there. So it's like, ooh, who are you picking? But seeing Harry Styles, first off, I've heard there have already been stories of like you know people going to the movies and you hear like somebody in the crowd just in the audience just yell, Harry Styles? Because I, w- I literally might have said out loud and I didn't control my volume. I go, oh, fuck. Because <laughs> I was like, really? Like I knew about it. I did get it spoiled, and I got the other character spoiled, but I still got the goosies. To quote, uh, to quote Cisco from The Flash, I still got the goosies because I'm seeing this on the big screen, and these are characters as a die-hard fan of the Jim Starlin cosmic saga. And by the way, as I was getting your books, I grabbed my Avengers versus Thanos trade because I'm looking forward to diving right back into those books again. <laughs> um, but man, Starlin. He's had a rotten relationship now with Marvel Comics, but Marvel Studios, they love that guy because they keep bringing his characters back. They did. I saw that one line in the ending credits that both Pip the Troll and Eros created by Jim Starlin. And a lot of people are complaining about something. And, of course, it's the internet. Of course, they're complaining. They have to find something to complain about. Mm -hmm. But with Pip the Troll, he's going to be played by comedian Patton Oswalt, which I'm beyond happy to see. Patton deserves it. Patton is a phenomenal talent and a massive geek to boot. He lives and breathes comics. So to be able to see him, and by the way, I've been in New York City one day when this was the beginning of my return of comic fandom. This is around the time of Fear Itself. I literally was in Midtown Comics standing behind him online as he's buying his books. Mm -hmm. And he was buying Frankenstein versus Dracula, or Hulk versus Dracula from Fear Itself, (laughs) which predicated my decision to purchase that. But I digress. Uh, but in regards to that, just he's a fan. And a lot of people are bitching now, like there is a casting rumor going on saying we might be getting Modoc into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And the rumor and innuendo is it's going to be Jim Carrey, which that's an interesting casting decision. Mm-hmm. But so many people are hemming and hawing and whining and bitching. Pat Oswalt should be the only one who plays him because he played him on a cartoon and he should be the only one. I'm sick of that casting decision, and I'm sick and tired of... Because I, I was on board with it, and then just the repeated, no, I will I will only accept it if it's this. <laughs> I'm sick of John Krasinski and Emily Blunt being cast as Reed and Sue. I want anyone else other than them now, mm-hmm. because I want I want them to stick it to these fans, because like I realize I'm very much a contrarian, and I don't care, but to be able to see these characters on the big screen... Give it to the actor most deserving. Just because they look like the character does not mean they can act to save themselves. Although over at the Star Wars side of things, that was the worst choice to recast for Han Solo. He doesn't even look like him whatsoever. Anyway, I digress. But I think the idea of you know Patton playing the role of Pip the Troll, although to be completely honest, that CJ, CGI was really, really shitty. It did. It like took me out of it. But if you remember, you know, th- speaking of uh, Thanos's other, you know, speak- speaking of Eros and his brother, he shows up the first time in that one Marvel movie. I think he was in. He made his debut in Guardians, right? I uh, CGI was not that good for him when he debuted. Uh-huh. It was kind of shitty. But you got him now. Looks good. Well, well it did because he's dead now. But you can fix that in upcoming movies. You have the time. And with that debut of Eros and Pip the Troll, uh, which do you prefer to call him, Star Fox or Eros? I think I knew him as Star Fox to begin with, and that's how I think Pip introduced him right away. And then Eros acknowledged Pip by saying his name, but I knew knew who that character was, meaning Pip, before it was said. Well, do you think he would be a blacksmith, Thanos' brother? He'd be Eros Smith? Really? Yeah, 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 Eddie, yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, no, no, we we got classic rock, though, in the scene in the form of Foreigners feels like the first time, and that 
musical cue got me thinking. We're getting more cosmic characters. Well, oh, yeah. shit. Mm -hmm. I think I know what this means. Because this is a movie that's going to be linking over not to the Marvel Cinematic Universe films of like Avengers, but rather my boys and gal, the Guardians of the Galaxy. I agree. And it makes perfect sense. I Again, I discussed this on the internet. I used the point of this. This song feels like the first time, 1977. Although, Eddie, you're more of the knowledgeable one. What album was it from? Uh, Foreigner 4, I think. Atta boy, Eddie. Honk, honk. Just because you're wearing the Fantastic Four sweatshirt kind of helped me, too, I suppose. Well, what can I say? I don't know. You say plenty. I sure do. That's why I can't shut up. But I digress. Anyway, with that, I love the idea that this is how... that It's 100% going to be linked in because it ties in with 1977. 1979 is James Gunn's cutoff with the music. That is that. And I kind of want to... Like, you, you got to maintain the spoiler rule for the next couple of days. But I do want to tweet at James Gunn. James, was that your musical cho uh, choice? <laughs> because it has to be. And I think Eros is joining the Guardians of the Galaxy. I can see that. Yeah. I can easily see that, yes. When I saw Pip first, I associated him with somebody else earlier because I think I've seen him more with somebody else and or read more of that. And that would have been with who we know in in the care, in the ending of one movie as Adam, meaning Adam Warlock. And we're getting him soon. He just got cast. I imagine that that's got to be. That's a loose thread that needs to be pulled and oh, or it, brought in. You know, they're li It's literally going to be that. And mm -hmm. I... As a fan of Cosmic Marvel, I'm over the moon with this, no pun intended. But the idea of all of this together is so damn cool. Like, yeah. I cannot recommend enough any of Starlin's stuff, the Cosmic stuff. That that Thanos trade alone is worth its weight in gold. That one and the uh, Rebirth of the Silver Surfer. <sighs> Good stuff. Mm -hmm. But I will say this, and my biggest compliment is you can take a costume from a comic, adapt it for the screen, and it'll look like complete garbage. They found a way to make the Arrow Star Fox costume translate excellently well. I thought it was I thought they, it was remarkably similar to the other Eternals costumes. See, I didn't see that. But did you notice, by the way, the little the the fox head on the costume? I briefly, I think yeah, I, I was I was looking at the circularity of some of that stuff and seeing how the red, for example, was muted from the comic book color red that I am more your, familiar with. Your so boy on. had a big dumb smile on his face that whole ending. To yeah. be completely honest, like they they definitely did a good job knocking that out of the park. Mm -hmm. And I would say. What we are going to get in the next few months are a lot of these characters coming into the Marvel Universe. It's a lot of jam-packed stuff. Like, we're getting characters debuting in uh, Doctor Strange. We're going to be getting... We might get characters debuting in Spidey. You never know. Yeah, true. I mean, let's be honest. The best... Or the the worst-kept secret in you know the movie industry today is that Spider-Man movie. Like everything that's going on, who's involved and okay, whatnot. Yeah. I've seen footage. I've shown you, you know, that one clip. But is it real? Is it fan based? We don't. I'm shocked know. by. By the way, when you went to go see the movie, did they show the Moby, uh, the Morbius trailer? Yes. I didn't. I missed the trailer because I got in a little late. But okay. You know, I still haven't seen that trailer. I'm going to give it a watch tonight. I just, I don't care enough to be honest. <laughs> but in regards to this movie, I thought we were going to have a trailer for Spider Man. We didn't. But mm. whatever. But this movie itself could have been done oh so much better, to be completely honest. And you're jamming so much content in such a small... Like, the amount of time and for a debuting character and group of characters, you can't do this much time. I feel like it should have been breadcrumbs throughout other movies or do something. You know, like subtly bring them in through other means. But it's just instead, hey, here's all this lore and content. Learn, learn, learn. Yeah. You're doing that. Like, you got to be careful because you look at the movie Dune that just came out and they're throwing so much content at the audience. But you're, they're also expecting, because this is a franchise that has been around for a very long time of Dune. And they're saying, like, well, you have to read the book. I'm, you know, I've read the book. I've read most of it at least. And you got to know these things, you know, like, going in otherwise you're going to be like what is this and 
Yeah, I'm not even giving myself that opportunity because I am doomed deprived. It's okay. You might you from might the beginning. Like it. You might like it. Uh, the, the point of interest for me was in the original when I oh Sting is going to be in this, but that's where it ended. But it Sting. It didn't. Sorry. It didn't come to because it didn't turn into anything more than that. So and I'm, the thing is that version is not even really much like the book. So it's its own thing. Although I may, I, do I, may I may have there was I think a Marvel comic, comic, comic book adaptation. I may actually have that. That might be art my due knowledge. Art by the great Bill Sinkavich. Oh, okay. Art by the Bill, great Bill Sinkavich. I don't know why you laughed at that one. I appreciate I, that. One. Well, okay. You know, Thank you, Eddie. Had that goes back to the the, the uh, cucumber patch or whatever, sir. Well, it wasn't but, cucumber? I guess I suppose, but. There are a lot of problems for this movie, but I do feel this is going to be a movie that gets a lot of love in the coming years from other fans. And it's also going to be this movie is going to be getting the benefit of when it gets released on Disney Plus. I think it's going to be following the same timetable of Shang-Chi 45 days. By the way, Shang-Chi is coming to Disney Plus next week. So, okay, I'm kind of stoked for that because I'll be honest, that movie is that one is really damn good. And I know people that haven't seen it, I'm like, really? You should give that one a try. Mm-hmm. Like, Shang-Chi is kind of a jobber character, especially the books. Did, but you, did you notice in the opening of when the Marvel logo came through that Shang-Chi's image was there? I didn't see Part that. Part of it? Didn't see that, but I did see the... In the, uh, in the M of Marvel. In the very... Shang-Chi? <laughs> no, yeah. Okay. No, I did notice, though, in the uh, in the beginning part where you see like the illustrations, Yep. we see Jack Kirby versions of the Eternals in there, and I was like, yo, that's cool. And appropriate, and a, and, a, and a very appropriate nod. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's confusing to me, and I kind or of taxes. understand it, is how you know the movie theater will get the big, huge display kind of thing, and this was the case for the theater outside of the Eternals. I took a picture of it in case I wanted to reference the character names, but it looks like they listed across the top of the display the character names in order of them showing you their names. Like, you know, um, there it goes. Let's bring it up again, and uh, Gemma Chan, or Gemma Chan, has the first name, and you continue Richard Madden, and so on until you get to... Is, the, that, a, is that a footwear company? I, maybe it used to be, with Selma Hayek at the end there, and, and Angelina Jolie, and I think that's the way you got the names during the beginning of the credits. However, they don't sync up to the list, the, the picture of all the characters underneath, the 10 Eternals characters, and I think maybe... Just call me crazy, because others may have, or maybe to themselves. Why not, with this many characters and names, put them so you're like, okay, this one goes right under here. That's where that person's name is. Instead of going across and making a diagonal mishap thing out of it to try and line up the character with the the actor name. Just my wacky thought or whatever, you know. And that would help me at least understand who, oh, yeah, that's who that person is. And right. But that's you know a little take on that without getting too far into into this. Um, I don't. I'd be curious to find out how well it does do. If this might be on the lower tier of the Thursday of popularity did. of of the movie, the Thursday did very well from what I've heard. Yeah, because there people were psyched. I know a cosplayer. Our who theater was packed. Tech. Well, I know a cosplayer. For 3D. And that doesn't 3D? happen. Yeah, that doesn't happen. This was this was mostly a sellout. But again, you're you're considering. Surprising. Well. Yeah. You've got less seats available as well. That's that's another thing, because of the larger seats and no, et they they remove the uh, the seating restrictions so anyone can. That's get right. It. That's so right. it's like they for th- for this it's impressive. I'm saying that with the renovation of the theater and you getting these larger reclining seats, they put le- there's less of them spatially to do that. You're sitting next to people and everything, so there's no breathing every, in their farts. There's no every other. Would you back to that again? Okay. There's less. Uh, I love you, Eddie. <laughs> now that's really distracting. So, um, yeah, after the opening weekend, we'll see where it, you know where it goes from there. It's but what I'm getting to Disney, is that, and I don't know how many I've seen at least one cosplayer that at the Javits Center, and you may have seen this because you went all four days. Somebody in cosplay as Tina, ahead of the ahead of the curve, and well, who's coming up with these, and how are they acquiring these, and so on? These are Uber fans, I suppose. In some degree, so they're they're on top of what's current, and all of a sudden they've got a costume of this character, not knowing how well it's going to do, but knowing maybe that Angelina Jolie's character Athena is a no nonsense kick butt female character, which is who the cosplayer likes to emulate, 
And I get that, and I get the attraction. And that's why another cosplayer, I think, said to me in a text, I said, oh, I went to see Halloween Kills, you know, and she's into Halloween as well as the cosplay, the comic stuff, and so on, seen all the series, Disney+, Plus, whatever, and said to me, can't wait to see Eternals. And I was going to say, okay, why do you say that? And I didn't get to do that, but I was wondering why. So wait, you, you, you asked, know, but you didn't. I thought about asking, but it didn't come to pass like that. So Were you like thumbs in like a vice? I hadn't heard anybody saying, oh, yeah, I can't wait for this movie type of thing. I have not heard a single person hype right. for this so, movie, which so is Right, so me hearing this this one time, I should have said, oh, well, why, why are you saying that? Just to find out what the perspective was. You know, because it's got my favorite actress in there. Or I love this actor, and I, I mean, want to see what he does. I, I want to know. People are just hyped for these movies because it's the MCU. They yeah. want to see the continuing story and how it ties into what's next. And mm-hmm. this is one of those movies. I've talked to people. I've talked to my girlfriend about it. She wants to see it, but she's also, like, heard my review, and she's like, I guess, <laughs> you know? But it's like, I'm, I said to her, I'm like, you do want to see it because this movie's going to get the shit spoiled out of it with those two end credit scenes. Mm. Like, the movie itself... Eh, whatever. But the end credits, it's like, oh, that is going to play a big part, a very big part. Yeah, and a connecting piece of the big puzzle. That, the, yeah. the thing is, there were two big takeaways for me with this movie. One is I hate the fact that we missed out on it for, all, for those decades back in the uh, aughts. We could have gotten Angelina Jolie as Wonder Woman. Because I'm watching her in this role. I'm like, damn, she's blonde Wonder Woman. She's doing an amazing job. <laughs> Why didn't we get that? Instead, we get, you know. Con- scheduling conflict. Yeah, Gal Gadot. Hey. Yeah. Like that wasn't a bad choice. Come on. Yeah. I am a firm believer of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. All of her emotions. Anyway, in regards <laughs> to, you know, the other people, though, like the other thing, my other big takeaway for this movie was the fact of this movie, Rumor and Innuendo, is, and I had seen a uh, tweet by this one account that got a lot of stuff right, like a lot of things he predicted came true, and one of them was this. Black Knight, Dane, Kit Harrington, is supposedly going to be getting his own movie eventually, with the point of it being a trilogy. His own movie and a trilogy? His own movie as a trilogy. As a trilogy, so he's going to be in three movies, like all about the Black Knight centric kind of thing. Or, oh, mm-hmm. That's that's cool. But here's the thing: that introduction of the character and how they utilized him was such a dud simp character. And I'm just <laughs> watching him, I'm just like, I I could not get into his character. But I want to see him. Like mm-hmm. Kit Harrington is a phenomenal actor. If you've seen him on Game of Thrones, excellent actor. But this didn't do him any favors, in my opinion. It was just very like bleh. You know, I'm forgetting now, and I recently just made the Dane to Black Knight connection. Now I'm forgetting the other part of his name. Cook. No, that's the comedian. So, Danger, Danger. That's a group. Will Robinson. Yes, good. Oh, oh, I, oh Danger, Danger. Wait, are those the ones I did? Out on the heartbeat, can rock America. Uh, maybe. But that was the, that was the uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling theme song of the Thrill Seekers, Lance Storm and Chris Jericho. <laughs> Okay, fine. It's a good song. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I thought it was okay, the movie overall, although I've rated the movie a five and a half out of ten because that's just that's where it lies. It's. I think it's better than average. I think the effects are very good. I think that that could be a category. For the category most part, yeah, with the if, exception of Pip. If getting – I thought Pip was a good representation. Pip looked like he came out of Shrek too. Well, you know what? No, I don't know. He had the ears. He oh, had the, boy. He had the stein. He had the stature. Well, you know, the gut. Yes, and but his design, but the visual interpretation overall looked terribly rendered. He, Yes, he had his things. That's fantastic that, you know, they, they read a comic book. But the production overall of how he looks looked like trash. Yeah. Well, he's a, he's a, you know. Oh, boy. He had the S on his chest. Good. Does the writing work? Doesn't matter, you know. That's the important thing. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I was kind of thinking middle of the road with with this overall, but maybe slightly better than that, but not too too high marks. I don't know if if giving it a seven out of ten would be a little high for me, to be honest. But that would be my limit for sure. I think. I think you go six, to be honest. You see, you, the way. Yeah, by the yeah. way, 
when I got into the studio today to record with you, I openly said I did not like this movie very much. And you did not argue with me about that. You were not like, oh, come on. No, no, you were just like, yeah. <laughs> like, that was where I was just like, uh, Daniel Damn. Powder. Daniel Powder had a bad day, so let's leave no, it at that. I, I still take that away. I still disregard that portion. I'm just going with more like, Damn, Eddie was even not did not even like. Well, that's a good interpretation. I don't know if it's the most accurate, but I figured we're going to get to that. I wanted to get yeah. past my bad day part and get into the evening and the weekend, which will involve a lot of Halloween decoration coming down and putting away. I remember Halloween. That's good. That's good. And anyway. you know. We could go into Halloween kills, but that's another thing. I'll talk to you about that often. For sure. Okay. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this long meandering diatribe from both of us, but mostly me. Cause I like... would also recommend seeing it, though, if you want to get more knowledge about the MCU and see how and if these characters, or I just don't see how this is going to work. I'm torn. Whatever your case is, you know, don't let us sway you either way. I'm torn to recommend in person or just wait till Disney Plus. To be completely honest, I'm going more. You know, for Disney Plus, unless you want to avoid the spoilers, but obviously you've listened to the show so far. Go to a matinee, pay the cheaper price, oh, wait, whatever. People, people who have listened to the show already watched the movie. Oh, okay. Mostly, we'll see. So if you know anyone, and actually I am in agreement about that, by the way. What the matinee option? Okay. Go for a matinee, or if you have AMC A list like myself, get a reservation for whichever option you can. Mm-hmm. But if you have friends that. You know, if they're tight on money or whatever, and they have a an account for the award-winning Disney Plus, go with the award-winning Disney Plus. Or at the very least, option. you know, I wasn't sure until like a day before that I was going to be able to make the, the premiere, and that was a 6 p.m. show, and just did it at the theater, at the kiosk, whatever. And, you know, if that's the case, if you're going to go, you, you won't have to pay the man. convenience fee or no. whatever. But it's, it's just weird on my end where I'm going like, I, I don't really know if I can recommend this. You I know? can. I, I can. If you're all in on what's Marvel going to do now, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Personally, a friend of ours who is a who has his sources at Marvel, I'll just say this. You can tell where Bob Iger ends and where Bob Chappick begins. And, brother... Bob Chappick's going, giving us a wild ride, and I think this is going to be the start of it, and I don't know if I'm going to like it. Anyway. I'm out. I yeah. don't know. I don't know from that. One Bob to the other. For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior. <laughs>